This podcast is recorded in front of a live studio audience at Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. Sort of break it, break it down like good. And you're listening to Two-Headed Nerd Comic Cat, Joe and Matt. Badoosh! Welcome to episode 32 of THN, where we're talking comics and comic news for the week of Wednesday, August 31st. My name is Matt Baum, and when I'm not starting a badass podcasting gang after watching too much Sons of Anarchy, I'm writing about and appraising comics for Wordpoint.com. And I'm Joe Patrick, artist and co-creator of Good Plus Online, and when I'm not defending my reservations for getting... Dainty, tattooed on my belly in old English letters. I'm the manager of Legend Comics in Omaha, Nebraska. Barely hurts. This week you'll hear reviews of the last title of the old DCU, Flashpoint number 5, and the first title of the new DCU, Justice League number 1. After that, we'll squeeze into our Max Mercury outfits and review 10 comics faster than Dan DiDio can write us out of continuity (laughs) in the ludicrous speed round. Then we'll use our Cosmic Cube to peer into the near future to tell you what you should be reading next week. And finally... We'll talk about moving pictures in our nerd TV segment, but before we get to all that blasphemous ranting and raving, let's roll up our hogs and rev our engines to drown out the Westboro church protesters at the pre-Flashpoint DCU's funeral, and then we'll talk about this week's big news. While we were in the actual act of recording episode 30 last week, DC Comics told attendees of Toronto's Fan Expo 2011 that a new Justice Society of America title by James Robinson and Nicola Scott will see print in the near future. In a have-your-cake-and-eat-it-too scenario, DC will be able to maintain their new Superman as first hero continuity by setting the JSA's adventures on Earth 2. Did you come up with that? That's good. I wrote that, man. That's good. I'm a writer. Listen to us. (laughs) According to Robinson, setting his tales in this alternate world will allow him to use characters that have been either dead or unavailable. One of the criticisms of DC's new title lineup has been the absence of Robinson and Scott, both veteran creators for the publisher. Matt, I would like to point out that I called this the second DC announced. You did exactly this. That they are giving the JSA arrest. Totally. And I even thought, like, nah, they're not going to go back to that separate worlds and stuff like that. But oh, here they are. We're, I nailed it. Here's the new boss. Profesh. Same as the old boss. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, yeah, here we are again. Uh, Earth 1, Earth 2. I Now, I guess if you're going to do the JSA, this is what you have to do. Yeah. Right? Because we can't just be like... Oh, yeah, they got farted into the new DC reality, too, and nobody trusts them either the and al- stuff. Like- the alternative would have been, like, a weird time travel trick where nobody remembered them, or what would have been worse was inserting them in continuity as, like, contemporaries yeah, or totally successors stupid. to the JLA, which I don't want. I want to know if they have memory of the old DCU. No. You don't think so? I don't think You think will. this is a reboot where this, this is, like, the 50s in their planet or something? When DC says, I mean... Of course, until they change it. Right. But when DC says that they, like, no one will remember that they did not plan for a loophole, I believe that that's true. I guess. But that's only as good as them changing their minds. Who are the dead guys he's talking about? Oh, I don't know. They're, I mean, he could use the original Mr. Terrific. I suppose. uh, Because the current day Mr. Terrific is in the main DCU. Yeah. Yeah. So you could use characters that died like the original Star Spangled Kid, that sort of thing. The original Hour Man. The original Hour Man. They could bring them all back. The original Everybody. DC wasn't the only publisher to drop bombs on our peaceful northern neighbors. Marvel made several announcements at the convention, including Alpha Flights. This was besides the, the announcements that got the bad press, like Marco Jurdovic losing well, his Well, that wasn't really an announcement. <laughs> Marvel made several announcements at the convention, including Alpha Flights upgrade from a miniseries to an ongoing. 
Hooray! I want to be excited. A mystery project from former DC exclusive creator Brian Wood. Neat. And a five-issue miniseries by Fred Van Lenty and Kyle Hotz called Destroyers. The upcoming series stars Marvel heavyweights like She-Hulk, The Thing, A-Bomb, boo, and Devil Dinosaur. Yay! And will feature, according to Van Lenty's quote, giant monsters punching each other in the face. Awesome! Yeah, I'm in. I don't care if this book costs $20. (laughs) I'm in. Yeah, that sounds Uh, like a ton of fun. Alpha Flight. I should be super excited. I don't love this Alpha Flight mini. It's, we'll see. It's really just kind of, I don't know, I, maybe it's overshadowed by fear itself and they kind of try to just fit it in there to get people interested. I'm not. I, it's just not doing it for me. And these are my favorite guys. Yeah, we'll like see what Sasquatch, happens. Sasquatch, probably one of my all-time favorite characters. We'll see what happens once they get out of the shadow of uh, fear Th- itself. That could be. The announcement of Brian Wood coming back to Marvel was accompanied by two oh, by an X that was made out of the three-clawed path of Wolverine's claw swipe. Something wolvie related Something snickety-snacked related. Snickety-snacked. Destroyer's thing, though, sounds like tons of fun. Yeah, man. And uh, it's got other big monster characters in it, too, like, uh, uh, God, Goo-Gam or whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, they were like, Glom, the unmentionable. Yeah, like some of the pre-hero yeah. monster characters will be Mordak, in it. the really scary, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it should be fun. Finally, keen-eyed photographers on the set of Zack Snyder's Superman, The Man of Steel, were able to capture several clear shots of Henry Cavill in the blue tights. And uh, it is not as awesome as that original promo image no, led us to believe. No, it kind of isn't, is it? Uh, the new suit is kind of a cross between the classic costume and the new DC version, featuring a lot of the weird seams and tubing present in the Jim Lee design. Shoulder my pads. Uh, no shoulder pads. There is no belt at all. Yeah. And yet it still appears to have like a belt buckle. How's he get into that thing? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Is it snap-on? Is it like Lego? <sighs> but worst of all, no red trunks. Now, Matt, despite my love of the iconic, iconic costume, I am no slave to tradition. I know what you think of me, but I'm willing to accept change. I can see past all of the unnecessary tubes and lines. But without that red underwear, it just looks like a big blue onesie. Well, okay, we can't... Here's the thing. Whenever we're looking at set photos, we can't think of this like the old Hollywood because that's not what it is. Anymore, who knows what they're going to do in post-production to the suit. I mean, look at Green Lantern. We saw pictures of him in the suit, yeah, and everybody yeah. went, ugh, gross. And then well, we saw pictures of him in the suit. Well, they changed it up to the we day went, of release. Oh, I still don't like it. <laughs> but, uh, it we, will certainly be CGI'd out the yin Right, and we don't that. know what the final thing is going to look like. I am more concerned about the Superman suit that we saw in the latest issue of Justice League number one, which we'll talk about later. And there's been a lot of hate for pictures coming out of like movie sets recently. Like People are dissing the Batman pictures they saw. People are, I mean, and the fools. Yeah, people are even dissing some of the Avengers stuff that's out there. And I what? think we all need to just relax. Remember the pictures we saw coming out of X Men First Class? They looked terrible. Yeah, but those they were like bad Photoshop ridiculous. jobs. Ridiculous. They, they but what like... I'm saying is when the movie came out, guess what? We all felt great. It looked fine. Yeah, yeah. Let's not You're panic right. yet. Time will tell. First impression, though, I don't really dig it. I'm saying don't panic yet. I'm not panicking. I'm just. Stop freaking Really, panicking. really upset. Stop it! I'm so mad. That is the big news for this week. If you want to hate on these stories or anything we missed, go to our Facebook page where I can assure you nobody hates on us more than we hate on us. Make it go, all right. Make it go, all right. 
Review time is here again, and that means it's time to talk about some new releases. As always, Matt and I had a beer bong trumpet solo contest to see who goes first, and Matt's dulcet tones on the plastic horn made me sound like a drunk, honking goose. They call me Satchmo, the drunk Satchmo. <laughs> so take it away, sugar lips. Okay, today <laughs> we're talking about two of the most important DC comics that have ever come out. I think it's safe to say that. Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew. Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew. Number four. Number four. And Power Company, number one. We're, we're talking about Flashpoint number five, the end of the DCU as we know it. Hmm. Of course, by DC Comics, written by Jeff Johns, with art by the indomitable Andy Kubert. This was the ultimate battle to save the world of Flashpoint. Sort of. The reverse flash reveals his plan. Batman's last stand, the final fight between Aquaman and Wonder Woman. This issue has got it all. This is the biggest slam bangest universal calamity we have seen since infinite crisis <laughs> i'm gonna since say the last one <laughs> yeah since the last big one but final crisis it's hard to just review this comic as the final issue of flashpoint because it's also like i said the last issue of the dcu as we know it hmm. and before i go into this everyone should know there's gonna be huge spoiler alerts here. yeah we're not holding back on these yeah because if you're waiting to read this one you don't care everybody ran out to get this one and read it right away like i took it home well, that's and not immediately fair but read it. yeah I, re- I did read it before anything else so spoiler 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 alert that said let's start with the art kubert was amazing and hey. he's just always mm. right on there's only a handful of artists out there that can do the job like this, and I think Kubert is right there at the top. I don't know what you're going to complain about. I thought it fell down a little bit here and there. I See, I was right there with it. There were a couple panels that were kind of weird, but Kubert has a kind of weird style. And I, I don't know, maybe when I open an Andy or an Adam Kubert book, for that matter, I kind of know what I'm jumping into. You know into. what? I would have probably enjoyed Adam Kubert more on this book. I will say his recent work... He's much more kinetic and crazy. He has began to, he's begun to outshine his brother. I will say that. But the paneling was great here. The splash pages looked really he's good. He's certainly a very good storyteller. Yeah. This this is blockbuster comic action, and nobody does it like Kubert. And I did really like a lot of the work in there. I just felt that it fell down a little bit here and there. Not overall. And overall, I really did enjoy it. But like the two-page spread towards the end. With Barry running? Or with Barry's running See, through I, and he sees the various timelines. I thought that I was, thought really that was weak. Really? I thought it was effective. Yeah, I thought the art was weak. Now, it should be said that there was an ink an inker change at some point in the book. Okay. So that may have had an effect on the work. Sandra Hope and the uh, other Jesse one. Delperdang right. was the other inker. Both of them are like regular... No, I didn't. Okay, I will say I did notice a change, but I didn't think it fell down. I thought it still worked really well. Now maybe I'm also caught up in what was going on. Maybe I was I was really caught up sure. in the whole you know looking back upon the whole universe and everything. But okay, let's get to the story. Jeff Johns is at his best <laughs> in these giant conclusions to stories. You know, this is where Jeff Johns shines. This is what he does. He sets us up with a slow burn and then gives us this giant explosion where two planets clap together. It's the little moments in between the action in this book that I really enjoyed. Professor Zoom was explaining to Barry that this is his fault. That yeah. this is not some giant evil scheme launched by him. Yeah, and you know what? I did not see that Barry, coming. I didn't either. I didn't And maybe at I all. should have, but I, I honestly was expecting coming. Zoom to be the villain. And and just him explaining, like, here's what you don't get. You did this. When you went back in time to save your mom, 
you you did broke this. the world you changed every and he's like he's tearing up he's so happy like telling him like you screwed up and, <laughs> like, and as a result not set zoom guy. free right and like not, and i can go back in time and i can kill your grandfather i can kill you in the womb you know i can do whatever yeah. i want he's, to you yeah, now he's untethered just fantastic moment and like in the story i really didn't see it coming at all then of course batman comes and murders him yes <laughs> a sword to him. yeah and then project superman just kind of shows up Punches Aquaman and Wonder Woman in the face, and that's sort of like, oh, okay. Well, but that's that what he also was doing. happened where he ran away, right? And that's actually one of the moments I really loved is when Flash is getting beat up and things are looking bleak, and all of a sudden you see this shadow and this like, yeah. like something falls, and flat, and Barry looks up and goes. Knew it. <laughs> like he whispers it. And I really like how he, like Superman in this one is a black stripe as opposed to like the regular DCU. He's always like a red and blue stripe. Yeah, but well, in, he's wearing a black. Right. You know, but in this one, it's just but... like this black stripe. Yeah. That, oh. And so like even in this altered world, Superman couldn't resist doing the right thing. So tying the story up was a little abrupt, but I think it was supposed to be. It was abrupt. Because Barry realizes and after talking to his mother, he realizes this world doesn't matter. Yeah. This is not what's important. Right. And, and it's I, not just his mom, Thomas Wayne as well, who is Batman, spoiler alert, uh, also tells him, look, this world is screwed. It is over. What's important? Go save the other world. And we yeah. see the Flash take off running back in time, basically, to stop himself from, from saving, saving his, his mother. mother. Yeah. And you see him on the on the cosmic treadmill running and, the, and Barry tackles himself. And he looks at himself. He's like, what are you doing? And he says, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And there he's crying. And he bursts into yeah. tears. It, it just, oh my God. I like, I got misty. And then, <laughs> oh, and, you know, and you see the world unravel and you see it like through the speed force lightning. We see different versions of the DCU coming together. And well, let's talk about that for a minute. We get this mysterious figure. There's a woman. A woman, definitely. And she is a hooded uh, kind figure. of purplish and she's got a bunch of weird lines on her face. Is she one of the watchers? Like type people, whatever they the were. monitors. Pardon me, the monitors. No, no, I think she's new. Okay, and I think she's important. Well, yeah, because she uh, says they splintered the universe. They splintered, to weaken it. They splintered the universe in three. The timeline is, was split in three, and I looked at that page for a long time. I'm like, what are the three timelines they're talking about? I'm not really sure because they weren't talking about Flashpoint, the new DCU, and the old DCU. Not at all, because the Wildstorm was in there. And then it and... dawned on me they're talking about Vertigo, Wildstorm, and DC. Because those are the three quote unquote worlds that are merging together that oh. make this new universe. I see. I didn't even get that. Yeah, I like that. It was a little. The layout of the page made it a little bit hard to figure it out. I but like that. I think that's what they meant. Um, and she says, you know, something shattered the timeline. We don't exactly know what, but they need to be united to prepare to strengthen the universe for. Quote, their impending arrival. What does that mean? No idea. They're setting up something already yeah. in the new DCU. It might be two years down the road. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that Jeff Johns is setting up another event <laughs> in the pages of an event? I've never heard of such I, a he thing. He set up Blackest Night like three years before it actually got published. So, so the end of this book where we see the birth of the new DCU, which was really well handled because it's basically like Barry kind of wakes up and, and everything is sort of back to the way it was. And sort he goes of. and he visits Bruce. And he takes him the letter that his father wrote wrote him, basically saying, never stop doing what you're doing. You're following in my footsteps, basically. Giving him his blessing, more or less. Yeah. And, you know, Batman 
gut wrenching. Gut wrenching. I will not entertain <laughs> arguments that Batman would not have cried. Yeah, that's because he did, and that's it ridiculous. Was right. And it the fact right. that he did, I mean, oh man, we've seen Wolverine cry. Okay, we've seen. Yeah, we've seen Captain America. There's one cry. thing that there are only two things that can affect Captain America, like or yeah. uh, Captain America, Batman, like that. One of them is like if something happens to Robin, right? And the other thing is his parents. I'm sorry, this is a letter from his dad. His dead. This dad. is something that yeah. he should. He never saw coming. Yeah. And Wally delivers it to him. And, oh man, Barry. Pardon me. I wish it's it was R.I.P. Wally. <laughs> Barry delivers it to him. I'm giving this a huge buy it. There's a lot of hate out there for yeah. this book. And we'll get to the hate. Let's Right. Some people might complain that the f- actual stories within Flashpoint never got wrapped up. The story was, was the about the Flash yeah. trying to restore his world. It was never about the war between Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Yeah. And I'm f- I was totally fine with that just ending like that. Well, and that's and there's this moment where the Flash realizes yeah. None of this matters. Yes, I have to go. I'm doing the wrong thing. Right. None of this matters. And this is the same superhero BS we always get caught up in, like, time to save the day. Sure. Like, you can't always save the day. Sometimes you have to leave. Yeah. And, and you can argue that that means the tie-ins didn't matter or that they were a waste of time, but you didn't have to read them. Yeah, nobody major. I didn't read most of them. Yeah, they didn't tie in. I think we promised we would. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I read lots of them. You did. <laughs> you did. I had stuff going on. You promised on my behalf. Let's jerk. talk about Justice League number one. Let's do it. The first book in the new DCU. Yes. This is Justice League number one, again by Jeff Johns, with art by Jim Lee and Scott Williams, and again inked by Alex Sinclair, which we researched and found out several episodes episodes ago. He is a boy. He is a boy. Yeah. So Alex. word to you, Alex. All right. So this not is not that there's anything wrong with female inker. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> we love the ladies. That's right, and the boys too. Anyway, oh my god, we're going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> so this is basically ground zero. This is uh, a blank slate. It opens with Batman on the run from the Gotham City PD. Yeah, and they're like firing at him. Yeah, they, they don't they trust him. Do not trust superhumans. Yeah, and, and they think he's a superhuman. Well, yeah. Uh, he's at the very least a masked vigilante. And there, well, there's a full online where someone says, "Are they superhumans?" And a guy says, "Judging by the way they're leaping twenty, 20 feet, feet at, at a time, time, yeah." I'm gonna say yes. And so right off the bat, they establish this is a completely different world. These are not the trusted, you know, no. decades old characters that we've come to know and love. This is a new paradigm, and uh, Batman is on the run while simultaneously chasing this kind of monster. Uh, over the rooftops of Gotham, when suddenly Green Lantern shows up out of nowhere. Doing some of the coolest Green Lantern yeah. stuff I've ever well, seen. Well, he, he used <laughs> like, the ring to great effect. It was very it imaginative. Was gorgeous. And it wasn't, um, you know, it, you can fall in a lot of traps where, oh, Hal's making a jet fighter again because he's a pilot or a boxing club or whatever. But he was really using the ring creatively. Yeah. And the effects... Uh, were gorgeous. The, I don't think the, the way effects it was were illustrated. Lee. Yeah, I think that was probably. Done. I think it was probably you know he probably penciled them in, and right. then Alex Sinclair went to town. That's on not him. to take anything away from Jim Lee, but what they did with the Green Lantern ring was yeah. so it gorgeous. looked looked very very absolutely good. gorgeous. So the new DC is immediately set up, and you know these heroes barely trust each other, and Green uh, Green Lantern shows up to save the day, and he's like, "Hey, mysterious Avenger of the Night." Didn't know you were real. That's weird. I'm here to stop this guy. He's yeah. an alien. And, of course, Batman 
immediately tells him to go away. It was a great line. He was like, this is my city, whatever. And he's like, yeah, well, it's my space sector. I work yeah. for a line of space cops. And he's like, uh-huh. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Batman was very dismissive of it. And that is actually a really good uh, sequence where Green Lantern is just talking about how cool he is and how yeah. capable he is. And Batman not only dismisses him, but immediately disarms him. Yeah. And makes him look like a chump. Yeah, pulls the ring right off his finger. Uh, So this is still like the super capable Batman. Right. But he also didn't act like a psycho. No, he wasn't like a lunatic. Like he didn't like... Yeah, in fact, Produce he a ultimately you know, like let Green Lantern tag along and right. realizing with this him. guy isn't so bad. He's a little mouthy, and I will say, Hal seems to be for the most part Hal very cocky. They discuss that there is a Superman. Yes, they discuss that and that Batman thinks he's dangerous. They're going to go check it out because Batman thinks he's dangerous, and Green Lantern is a space cop. Part of his job is another alien. Yeah, Green Lantern's there tracking unauthorized so it, so extraterrestrial disturbance. This isn't place. just like they drop him in, like, hey man, you want to be buddies and fight together? Like, they just, yeah, dude, Justice League. You know, I mean, they no. didn't just happen to cross paths. There's a story here, and right. they're building it, and it, they're developing it very well. And we talked a little earlier about the hate this book is getting, and there is a, like a, the reaction is puzzling. Be- uh, before we get to that, let's finish just with okay, the art. Jim Lee. Gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. Top of his game. Absolutely top of his game. Like, just beautiful to look at. Yes. The big takeaways for me from this issue was that it felt new, which is what it needed to be. It absolutely felt Uh, brand new. I mean, even though I've read these characters interacting hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of times in my lifetime. Probably closer to hundreds of thousands. (laughs) This felt new. Yeah. I, I bought it. I bought that Green Lantern is meeting Batman for the first time. He's totally shocked that Batman is real because everyone thought Batman was a myth. And I totally bought that Batman was just completely non-plused. Yeah, like busy doing his job. Yeah, it's like... Doesn't have time for this Hi, crap. you're in my way. Can you move, please? Right. I'm doing something. Uh, it, so it felt new. It was gorgeously drawn, gorgeously illustrated and colored. And it did have a couple of groaners in the dialogue. Like, oh. Green Lantern referred to himself in the third person more than once. Yeah. So, yes, it's not perfect, but I loved it. I found it exciting. I really did, too. And when Superman shows up at the end of the book and he looked like he was having fun. Okay, now here's the thing. When Superman showed up in the end of the book, my first thought was, that suit's going to take some getting used to. Well, sure. (laughs) Well, it's all going to take some getting used to. I know, but like Batman, I thought, looked really good. Green Lantern, I thought, looked really good. Yeah. Superman showed up and I went... Ooh. I will say it looks less bulky and armory when Jim yes, Lee draws it. Definitely. Um, but the my point was that it, he looked like he was having a good time, and I don't hate it. it I'm just saying, right. getting used to. But yeah, he looked. He was smiling. Like he was smiling. He's like, oh, so what do you do? Kind of playful. Yeah, playful. He's he's new at this. Bear in mind, this takes place five years ago. Right. So these characters are all basically brand new, except for Batman, who's been operating in the shadows. Right. And so Superman is there having a great time meeting these people. Tossing him around a little bit, you know, being playful. And I cannot wait. I can't wait. I can't either. It's going to be fun. To see the rest of it. And I got to say, and I think this is where the hate comes from. I think it is coming directly from the fact that people are upset that they're restarting the universe. And they're looking at this and saying, well, it's just dumb that they don't know each other. And it's just stupid that I got to read this again. But I'm saying they've started over. We need to move past it. And if you look at this from purely a first issue, a start over, I think... There's no way you could, one, call it boring. 
two. There's <laughs> you, there's no way that you could say that it was poorly written because it wasn't. This was fun. Well, it was pretty to look at. Is it different? Yes. And I think there's la- people lashing out because it is different. Well, I think a lot of complaints stem from the notion that since this was the book DC led off with, right. that it needed to be... The slow burn doesn't cut it when it's your lead off. And I understand that point of view. I no, get it's that. valid. It's yeah, valid. I'm not saying it's not valid, but what else do you do? I just don't agree. Yeah. I don't agree that it's necessary. For me, what this book needed to do was establish the relationships yes. and tell the history. Because they're going to build a larger story. They're I going didn't, to build a mythos. I did not want this book to start with the JLA fully formed yeah, like and this then go, meeting of the Justice League right, club now begins. Two weeks <laughs> earlier. Yeah. No, I don't I didn't want we that. We gotta stop Black Manta. I I want to see the story as it progresses, and for me, it worked on almost every level. It was not perfect, no. I agree. It did have some groaners in the dialogue. Boring, it wasn't. I'm, I'm Absolutely sorry. Not. I was actually thrilled most of the time. I'm giving both these books a strong buy, Very and I'm strong. saying, you know what? Hats off to you, DC. You did an excellent job ending Flashpoint, and in my opinion, this is a fantastic way to start the new year. And you know what? Uh, word on the internet is that a lot of Media sites have gotten invited to read the first batch of books and, and overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, thrilled. I like. I'm. I'm really. I literally cannot wait for next week. I totally agree. This. It's going to be nuts. But I totally agree. My bank account number is. <laughs> first Now it's time to put on the pads, strap on your helmet. It's college football kickoff weekend and one of us cares. So let's make like Rex Burkhead. Spoiler, it's not me. Take the handoff, smash through the defense, and then rumble, tumble, and stumble our way into the end zone while reviewing ten comics in the ludicrous speed round. Iron Man 2.0, number eight. Uh, We got out of the kind of break for the (laughs) fear itself thing. And guess what? This book is still awesome. Strong by it. Look gorgeous. Love it. Angel and Faith, number one. This was so good. Beautiful art it by Rebecca gorgeous. Isaacs. Uh, Christos Gage is fitting right into the Buffyverse. Yeah, buy man. it, buy it, buy it. It's a strong companion to the ongoing Buffy series. Goon, 35. You know, I mean, it's like, I don't even feel like I need to review these anymore. They're so damn good. It was insane. It was totally insane. I love the giant Evan Dorkin wrote it. Bacon. <laughs> yes, this is the Evan Dorkin issue. It totally showed in its wacky zaniness. Yeah. Slight departure from a goon, but tons of fun. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Vessel. Number one from Image. This, this is one of the most ridiculous comics I've ever read in my entire I'm, life. The boobs in this book were ridiculous. The art had lots of anatomy problems, to say the least, and the story was insane. Made Jim Ballant look like a genius. The concept is is sound, but the execution was poor. Uh, what's our code? Leave it! <laughs> Uncanny X-Force 14. Uh, Jerome Opinia. Might be one of my favorite artists working in comics so right now. So glad he's back on the book. Oh my god, this was gorgeous. Not the end of what I thought was going to be the uh, Dark Angel saga, but holy crap, are they screwed. Buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible Hulk, 635. Uh, the final issue of Incredible Hulks until uh, Jason Aaron relaunches it. And this has been a fun story. It's totally over the top, really silly, gorgeously drawn. Buy it. War Goddess, number one. From Boundless Comics. Somebody cares about this. I do not. Uh, Pandora is back. The girl with the four spider legs that come out of her back. I don't know why. Ah. This is the number one issue. I had no idea what was going on. I, apparently the zero was a lot more important than I thought. I don't know. <laughs> Leave it. The Vault, number two. Uh, you know what? I didn't dig it. Sorry. <laughs> 
the story again the story is sound but the one, I know but I I'm not into it I'm I think the execution has fallen down I didn't read it I don't know leave it Butcher Baker the Righteous Maker number 6 I love Joe Casey and this was one hell of a ride and man it was like one of those comics I don't want my wife to catch me reading because there's <laughs> so many boobs it's filthy it. yeah it was it's vile sexville book it was a ton of fun buy it the rinse number 1 a uh, new boom studios book and unlike vessel this does noir right. It was not exactly hard-boiled, but it was like true crime. It was really good, great art. Only a dollar. Buy it. Boom! That is your ludicrous speed round. And boom <laughs> is the sound made by whatever the Atlanteans were using to sink Britain in Flashpoint number five. Stupid next Amazons. W- next week, get ready for an all DC ludicrous speed round. Oh, it's going to hurt. Where we review all of the new DCU number ones hitting the show. Because we love you. Lunacy. Now let's take a look at next week's comics and tell these nerds what they should be reading. Matt. What do you got for us? It should be obvious. Swamp Thing number one. Are there any other books coming out? Scott Snyder and Yannick Paquette. I am so stupid excited for this. Me too. I mean, it's Swamp Thing back in the DCU. It's a Swamp Thing. It's drawn by Yannick Paquette, who is just amazing. It's going to be gorgeous. And if anybody can do creepy Swamp Thing, Scott Snyder can. Go get it. Joe, what are you reading? Uh, For me, it's got to be Action Comics number one. This is one of the most buzzed about books in the relaunch. Yeah, if for nothing else, the morbid curiosity. (laughs) Yeah, well, like, why is he wearing a t-shirt and a blanket? Yeah, you know, there's that. But it's Grant Morrison, Rags Morales. It is. It's going to be great. It's the only other book in the new DCU that's set in the past of the superhero universe. And the Grant Morrison hate has gone way too far. I'm I'm sick of it. I'm sorry. Uh, You know who you are. It's gone way too far. (laughs) People, he writes fun comics. You just yeah. gotta invest yourself and in this it. this is one of the most buzzed about books to come out of the dc media event where they got to sample the stuff i really can't wait and as always we want to know what you nerds are reading so let us know on our facebook page now it's time once again for thn's monthly installment of nerd tv where joe and i take some time to tell our loyal and sexy listeners what nerds everywhere are watching in September? As always, Joe, let's start with the big screen. This weekend, get ready for Apollo 18 yeah, and Shark Knight 3D. The horror movie on the moon. I can't. I'm <laughs> super excited for this. Uh, next Friday, September 9th, it's Steven Soderbergh's Contagion. Uh, that's Matt Damon, right? And right. Gwyneth Paltrow. And it looks scary. Yeah, it's sure to I leave don't know you washing your hands for the next month. I don't know if I can see it. <laughs> Uh, Friday the 15th is the release of Restless, directed by Gus Van Zant, about a terminally ill girl that falls in love with a boy who enjoys attending funerals I'm not, uh, yeah. and their encounters with the ghost of a World War II kamikaze pilot. Gus Van Zant, ladies and gentlemen. I like them apples. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Friday the 30th, get ready for Daniel Craig, Naomi Watts, and Rachel Weiss in Dreamhouse. The story of a couple that moves into a house and then learns of the brutal crime committed against its former residents. Kind of a thin movie. That's so familiar, that story. I don't think they've ever made anything like that. Coming to DVD this month (laughs) on Friday the 9th, it's X-Men First Class, which I'm excited about, and Hannah, which I didn't get to see. me neither. The story of Eric Bana's 16-year-old daughter and Killing Machine. We should have a movie party. Uh, We should. Friday the 16th is the day nerds have been waiting for. It's only been released on DVD four, maybe five times, but now it's on Blu-ray. Get it line again because the complete Star Wars is coming out. 
And finally, on Tuesday the 27th, one of my favorite monster movies returns to DVD. Chud is back in print. And you mean Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers? That's the one, and still with no special <laughs> features whatsoever. On cable, watch for new episodes of Alphas, Eureka, Warehouse 13, Haven, Futurama, Doctor Who, which already started. That's true. I love you, Doctor. Clone Wars, Young Justice, yay. Thundercats, which is so bad. It's great. I watched the first episode two it days ago. Great, it's man. a phenomenal I'm, show. I'm five episodes in. I love it. Uh, Torchwood and True Blood, amongst others. And on Thursday, the 22nd, watch for the premiere of Person of Interest on CBS, starring Jesus Jim Caviezel and Ben Linus, Michael Emerson. Yeah, man. As a CIA agent and a scientist that team up to stop crimes before they happen. Looks like fun. Yeah. Like I've Caviezel. never heard anything about I had a, it. I had an argument with my wife the other night about how sexy Caviezel was. Oh, man. You can't say that sort of stuff about Jesus. sexy man. <laughs> On Friday the 23rd. Jesus was ripped. Fringe and Supernatural are back. Oh, my God. I just got caught up on Fringe. Oh, please. Rub it in. Oh! Rub it in. And I love Supernatural. And it's the premiere of A Gifted Man, the story of an ultra-competitive surgeon whose life has changed forever when his ex-wife dies and begins teaching him what life is all about from the hereafter. Eh. On Monday the 26th, Fox's Terra Nova premieres. Looks like Stargate meets Jurassic Park, uh, which you BBC fans might call primeval. Yeah, it's totally yeah. primeval. I don't know if they bought the rights and just called it something <laughs> else. But And on Friday, Friday the 30th, Nikita is not only shockingly still on television, yep. but also premiering a new season. Didn't know. Over at Netflix, The Expendables makes its instant watch oh, debut. I missed that too. Which is just free enough that I will now watch it. Along with The Final <laughs> Countdown starring it Kurt... It could get freer. <laughs> starring Kurt Douglas as a captain of an aircraft carrier transplanted back in time to pre-World War II Pearl Harbor. Oh, I man. love that movie. Assault Girls, a Japanese flick starring pretty girls with guns battling sand monsters in a virtual world. What else do you need? And Tales from the Earthsea from Studio Ghibli, directed by a different Miyazaki, Goro, not Hayo. Hayo's the one who gave us, you know, Howl's Moving All Castle. All Miyazakis and... look the same to me. Oh, that's racist. Speaking of that, Sweetheart's Zoo Warriors, which was totally awesome. Over-the-top, ridiculous, superhuman kung fu flick. Like, people fly and have... Oh, it's great. Awesome. And Dario Argento's Inferno, which, if you're in a weird mood... It's not his worst. It's also not his best. <laughs> and in Netflix TV, don't miss new episodes of Doctor Who recently added and animes like the complete Chobits, El Cazador, and Monster, which I've heard is really good. Now make sure you let us know what movies and TV you nerds are loving by shooting us a message on the Twitter at TwoHeadedNerd and include the hashtag TV. Yeah, let's make a thing of it. Every let's time we it. talk about movies or TV, hashtag NerdTV. That's right. We can do this together. <laughs> Raise our profile. Sort of, sort of, break it, break it down. That's it for the two-headed nerd this week, ladies and gentlemen. I believe we just recorded this one in record time. Oh yeah! If the football and nerdy gang tattoo references float your nerdy boats, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, where your star ratings and your reviews make Kim Kardashian's now married but still slutty little nose wrinkle in disgust. <laughs> if you want to feed the two-headed monster, you can click on our donate button at twoheadednerd.com, and we love it if more of you might. Even if it's only a dollar, anything you can give will be appreciated, and it goes right back into making this show a little better. As always, you can find all things 2 and Nerdy at 2 where you can find our Twitter handles, a link to our blog, and where we will soon be hosting the THN mascot contest. Oh my god. What does it mean? Yeah. Attention artists, we are accepting submissions for the THN mascot 
which will be voted on by you guys, our faithful listeners, and will live forever in infamy on the new and improved TwoHeadedNerd.com, coming, coming soon. soon to internets everywhere. Yeah. Uh, you can email your submissions to us or post them on our Facebook page. If that's not enough, you can head over to our Facebook page where you can become a fan of THN and answer the question of the week. This week's query, now that Flashpoint has wrapped and Justice League has launched, what are your impressions? My the first new impression, universe. shoulder my pads. Before we go, our weekly shout-out goes to Max Riffner, who sailed out of Omaha to the wild Maine. Vermont. Vermont. To attend the, uh, the Center for Cartoon Studies in yeah, Vermont. Yeah, man, he's going to be him a real He's making something artist. of himself, and we're real proud of him. Word to you, Max. We'll miss you. And until next time, true believers, this is the Two-Headed Nerd signing off. Go Huskers. Go Huskers. There it is. Look at that. I got I to gotta root for the Huskers. <laughs>